With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Talking Toys with Taylor and Jeff, where we go back in time to discuss our favorite toys, one toy line at a time. Welcome to Talking Toys with Taylor and Jeff, action figure exclusive. Hi, I'm Taylor. Hi, I'm Jeff. What are you? What are you <laughs> changing things up for me? You got to throw me off. You know I'm a creature of habit. I know. I I'm know. an actor. I can't go off script. I'm not an improviser. What do you think I am? Freaking Christopher Guest over here. Yes. Well, I'm flattered. Uh, we're here today uh, to discuss a Star Wars figure, so I'm very excited. We're uh, going to discuss the punk rock bounty hunter. IG-88. I think he's actually called IG-88, but uh, that just hit me that Iggy Pop, IG, you know, never mind. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, before I derail us further, let me uh, give you guys a little bit of a rundown. This this figure first appeared in 1980 on the Empire Strikes Back card. He also appeared on the Return of the Jedi and Tri-Logo cards uh, internationally. Uh, he retailed for $2.49, and he was one of the few figures to come with Two, count them, two guns. Mm -hmm. He had a Stormtrooper blaster and the IG-88 rifle. He first appeared on the 31 back card as IG-88 Bounty Hunter with Bounty Hunter in parentheses. And it was simply, it was shortened to IG-88 for the Return of the Jedi and Tri-Logo card backs. Right. Um, and uh, this... A lot of people feel like even to date, this is the best IG-88 figure we've gotten in the three and three quarter inch scale. Mm, I wouldn't say it's the best, but no, it's up there. It's 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 up there. I think they, they really kind of knocked this one out of the park. Uh, there right. are a couple of versions about this. Um, they're actually uh, in two entirely different sculpts. The first version is commonly known as the silver IG-88 and was sculpted with no detail spared whatsoever. And this is all coming from rebelscum.com. Right. Uh, the second version, referred to as the gray IG-88, looks very much the same as its counterpart, but lacks many of the finer details. Uh, it basically just looks a lot cheaper. It it almost looks more like like one was super heavily sculpted, and the other one instead of like trying to remake the mold when the mold just wore out, they used the same thing. Yeah, and did, yeah, so it true. so it's losing a, it's lost a lot of its uh, yeah. sharp edges. It's like IG-88's broken down uncle or something. Right, and I'm not sure that I I I've, I don't know how, which one is is more common. I have this. Mine is silver. Mine has a ton of detail because I've always marveled at it. Uh, did you have one of these growing up? I did not. This surprised me because you love never, robots and you love bad guys. Never could find this guy. Really, really. How do you never could find it? I had up. never had any trouble finding an IG88. Now, of course, uh, I don't know if any of our listeners, some all of them, may not know this. His head 
was actually a leftover prop from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And his head was made from a, a cappuccino machine. Yep. And it's actually, you can see it behind uh, the bar behind were in the cantina. In the cantina, right. And I, I assume it's the same the same prop. Yeah, um, I think so. So, man, I just the, the detail on this thing. Let's okay. So, you didn't have one as a kid. Do you have one now? Ah, uh, I do not. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I have... do not. And I was actually after the original trilogy card version as well, because I have all of the um, the bounty hunters from that collection, and I was going to put them in a shadow box, but I I was not able to get that one either. That's weird. I never realized IG-88 was that difficult to find. I have a hard time getting IG-88. I found one and didn't have the money to get him. And then when I went back, when I had the money, he was gone, and I have not been able to get him since. Oh, Folks, let's start a Taylor IG-88. <laughs> uh, so let's, okay, well, let's just start at the top. First off, this figure is a little taller than the rest to mm-hmm. uh, give him some verisimilitude with the film uh, because he's, the character in the film is taller. He's probably, if the guys are three and three quarters of an inch, he's probably what, about four inches? He probably sits right at four inches. Close I think to he's it, maybe about a little as, less. But I think he's about as tall as Chewbacca. Yeah, but he seems taller because he's so skinny. Yeah, he might be actually a little bit taller than Chewbacca. He, I think he might be. Uh, it's hard to tell, though, because because his legs were so thin, the plastic would get a little soft and would kind of be like mine. The, the, the One of his legs was kind of... I won't say warped, but it was curved. Right. Because they were so thin. So let's just start at the top and work our way down. This The top of this one reminds me a lot of like an elongated version of FX7's head. Because we've got little red dots that go all the way around. We've got some of them that have uh, sort of uh, moldings around them. And he's got a little thing sticking out. And what looks like a nose halfway down. Right. That's actually his eyes, I believe. Those are his eyes? Yeah. The, uh, the two his eyes. That makes sense. Yeah, the two pieces sticking out, I think those are actual his, uh, like his main uh, ocular sensors. Ocular sensors. Mm-hmm. That's a fancy word for eyes. For eyes, yeah. <laughs> I think you're probably right. And then, uh, so he had like a five head instead of a four head. And then he's got these red dots that go uh, one on basically each quadrant. There are four of them that go around, one on each, uh, each quarter of his head. Right. And right. uh, then it comes to not a point, but it, it kind of goes up and there's just it's it's a flat top, but it goes up to almost a point. Yeah, it kind of goes up and it crowns a little bit, whereas, you know, looking at him in comparison to the set piece that we got as an action figure. Um, He's talking about has, FX7, folks, in case you've forgotten. This is chocked full of so much more detail and sculpting and love um, and was rightly put on a card because he truly is a robot who can move on his own and doesn't necessarily just sit in a playset. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so the torso is really where this thing starts to really take off. Yeah. Holy cats. There's a ton of detail in this. First off, he's got a freaking bandolier strap going around him that's painted black to offset it against the, uh, the silvery gray uh, body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not removable, but it is uh, sort of shiny, and it's got even it's even got detail sculpted into it. He's got, I guess, are they supposed to be like uh, uh, laser packs or something on there. Yeah, they would be like a um, like probably like ammo pouches that are sculpted down to the top. And then, uh, so of course, each of his shoulders is different. Uh, one of them has um, yeah, they're they're pads on his shoulders, so they have sculpted uh, fabric pads 
sitting on each shoulder and then um it's like some sort of like bags or something i'm not sure exactly what that what is it, what it's supposed to be i don't know if it's something for him to carry stuff or if it's just um you know hydraulics or something to keep him moving uh who knows but uh, on his left shoulder he's got coming down he's got these two like coiled wires coming down Mm-hmm. They go into this thing that goes around his torso. It looks like he's wearing uh, like a dynamite belt, like you see you know, people strapped with yeah. dynamite. That's what it looks like. That's obviously not what it is, but he's got these little cylinders that go all the way around. And uh, if you look at his back, it's Man. it's every bit as detailed. Yeah. In fact, it's, it may be, may be even more because he's got these this ridge going down his back, and then you know he's got the the label where the the production information is on there and very easy to read. But, uh, yeah, these cylinders go all the way around to the back and you've even got two pouches on the back of the bandolier strap. And then going down from there on the back, he's got this, what is that on what would be his lower back slash upper butt? I don't, I don't know. Some sort of, um, some sort of like motor holder. I'm not sure exactly what that is. I mean, there, the problem with, um, droids like this, it's hard to tell what the pieces and parts are. Yeah, because, I mean, he's got something fairly similar to the front side. It's probably some sort of, like, uh, uh, a hinge piece that sits as a joint that's, I guess, holding a panel on, is my guess. Okay. All right. So... Going I'm back, a guess. I'm guessing here. Right. Yeah. We're just kind of, <laughs> you know, I and I have a feeling he was not designed with a whole lot of uh, logistics in mind. They're like, oh, they're just throwing stuff on, to, you know, to get a certain yeah. look. I mean, honestly, he doesn't. He moves in the movie. Uh, someone is moving his head. That's all. Yeah, that's all he, he does. does. Yeah. So uh, he really he was as much of a set piece in the film as FX7 was. Uh, right. So on the front, on the bottom port of, portion of his torso, he's got something that looks similar, but um, looks vaguely like genitalia. <laughs> kind of. That's what I was saying. It's probably some sort of like a, a lever, like release yeah. uh, pack for probably a panel. Probably right. Now his arms are <laughs> his arms are almost identical. Um, Long and skinny, but they've got these uh, like slinky-looking things at right below the shoulders, and again, right below his elbows to allow him to uh, a little more mobility. Yes. Uh, and then he's got uh, between them, he's got these two cylinders that, again, it's all what Kenner is, has done here is what they do with most of their monochromatic figures. They've only given us one color of paint mm-hmm. for the for the most part, but they've but gone. They've... Over, into overdrive with the sculpt. Yeah, they've added so much detail that he he doesn't look cheap by any Not stretch of the imagination. Not at all. And so the arms lead down, and they're very long. They're very long arms, and they lead down to these uh, pincer-looking things. Wouldn't you? Is mm-hmm. that what you would call them? Yeah. Or clamps, clamps, clamps. I'd call them. I'd call them pincers. I yeah, mean, pincers. Uh, so he can actually hold both of his weapons in those pincers. Uh, I don't know how he pulls the trigger, but. Apparently he figured it out because he is an assassin droid. The story of IG-88 is he like achieved sentience somehow, but they're not really sure how. It's kind of a dumb story in the tales of the bounty hunters. Um, so from there, moving down to his legs, and this is where it gets even more, to me, even more detailed than before. Um, the, the legs are similar, but they're, but they are, they're not identical. 
yeah, he's got not. a uh, he's got each each of his his hips is identical. It's got a a cover that comes down, but then it's the covering opens up right above his knees to expose all of these wires. Right, and it's it's interesting because his feet, um, where a lot of those wires kind of move into, the feet themselves have details of those wires in and out going through, and neither one of those are identical either. And this is one of those types of legs that you could have probably said, you know what, I'm going to sculpt one leg, cast two, and just turn the other around and put it on him. But it's not that case at all. It really is truly a, a new sculpt for each leg. I mean, you've got like a line work here on the shin portion of it. You've got these armor plates that go on the outside, outside of the hips over the wires. I mean, this thing is it's amazing. It's I, I think the word you're looking for is badass. Yeah. And uh, you know, looking at the the the, the back of his legs, um, it, it's just really cool. You can kind of see how it all works. Because he's even got the back of his legs. There are these little springs right above his knees that serve as like sort of a, I guess, a cushion or mm -hmm. a shock absorbers for when he's you know trampling around. And the, but you yeah. still got you still got the. Uh, the wiring that comes down, you know, almost all the way to his feet. And then, uh, speaking of his feet, since we were, mm -hmm. uh, let me move back over there. Uh, the, the feet are, are interesting to me because they're not really feet. They're, they almost look like just blocks. Do you know what they remind me of? And I'm kind of wondering. A mouse that, droid? Uh, either a mouse droid or the actual astromech foot housing. That's left over. Oh, you're right. Yeah, kind of like R2-D2. They, they do look like R2-D2 yeah. feet, but he doesn't, as far as we know, he doesn't roll. He actually no. walks. But yeah, but right. as you can see, they've even sculpted in where you can see there's room for them to move, for his legs to move, and for them to sort of move freely so that he's not really stiff when he's walking. Right. Because I would assume he is able to, if, if not bend his knees, at least bend these the, the feet so that he can gonna, move a little better. I was going to say, if I remember from like the comic, he's pretty mobile. Um, yes. And the comic I'm referring to was, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Shadows of the Empire. He's pretty mobile in that. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So, uh, wow. What a cool figure. It's let's, a really cool figure. Let's talk about let's talk about his weapons that he comes with, mm -hmm. the accessories. So we've got the typical stormtrooper gun, which is kind of a, a blue black, mm -hmm. and the IG eighty eight rifle, which is unique to him. And this thing is huge. Is that one unique to him, or was that? I thought that that was uh, reused as a blaster. That like the. Let's the, see. I could have. No. It's it's unique. That's why they call it the IG eighty eight blaster. Or it, it it may have been reused later, but this was the first time that we saw it. Okay. You you may be thinking about the snowtrooper. Yeah. Which we haven't but we haven't gotten we haven't to talking the about him. Yeah, but yeah, no, theirs is different. We'll talk about that. Theirs actually has has a um, has two handles. One on okay. the one on the the butt and one uh, closer further down the uh, the stock, or the. Uh, okay. I don't know guns. What is it called? The end the, where the bullet comes out. The barrel? Yes, thank you. Barrel. You're very welcome. 
the thing where the the thing where the bullet comes out and go boom. Uh, but uh, talk to me a little bit about. I, I want to hear you talk about this gun because again, the the detail on this thing is is remarkable to me. It's pretty cool. I was actually bringing up a, a bigger picture so I could see a little bit more of it. The IG eighty eight rifle. Like where the stormtrooper gun doesn't necessarily have a lot of detail to it. This has got some fairly nice detail. They've got this sculpted scope on top that's got an actual extension to the scope and then the actual barrel itself has uh slots in it almost like it's a uh a flash hider or like a a a vent for the actual barrel itself so it doesn't overheat uh the one of your weapons it actually has a trigger sculpted on it and then of course there's actual texture in the handle itself it's a pretty cool pretty cool rifle it is very much, and yeah, I really like the the texture they put in the in the handle of it. I don't know why he needs it, but it's cool that it's there. And I right. really like what they did with the barrel of the gun, uh, the the notches that they cut in there. It makes it look that, vaguely imperial. Is that the part where the bullet comes out? Yes, the part where the bullet comes out and goes boom. <laughs> um, and then there's a scope at the top too. Yeah, and what I like about the scope, and what I like about most of the scopes that they use in Star Wars, is that they're they're unrealistic. They use actual sculpts, but then they're adding stuff to it to kind of make them, I guess, sci-fi. And like this one, it looks like it's a, a long rifle sculpt that's attached to the top, but then there's something attached to the front of it that makes it stand out even further. And I, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Again, they could have just, you know, given him, you know, given him a, 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 just a plain rifle with no detail or anything, but they took the time to go through and sculpt that. And again, there's even detail down on the the, the stock near the, uh, the the butt of the gun. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I don't know why they felt the need to give him a stormtrooper rifle or pistol, whatever you want to call it. But I guess maybe to fill both of his hands. I mean, I'm not sure on that one because I would say probably plastic wise, he's probably as much plastic as any of the other characters. Absolutely. Yeah, and you're most definitely of those not characters... getting your yeah, I wonder if they did that because since it's not a human character and it does look very um otherworldly and alien, maybe they wanted to make sure you knew, hey, this this guy is actually sentient or something. I don't know. Eh, it kind of makes sense, maybe. A little <laughs> bit. From a certain point of view. From a certain point of view. So uh, the the uh, the card art on this one uh is it's fairly generic. It's it's it's, but it is. We do get a full body shot of him holding a gun that looks a lot like the one that he came with, which I think is cool. Right. And you can you can compare the figure to the 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 prop from the movie and see that he's. You know, we're getting more and more screen accurate the deeper we go in this line. Right. And I'm amazed at how quickly they're evolving. Right. Yeah. For for this one, because I like the. Um... You know, I like that classic card. I don't necessarily like the angle for him for this card. And I know in the film there are a couple of other shots I think would have been better. And I kind of wish they'd have gone with that, like maybe one of the other front-up shots instead. Yeah, but again, I like that they, you know, they took the time to give us the full-body shot. Um, I don't know how I feel about the yellow on the, the backing, on the bubble and the uh, the label. Yeah. Uh, I guess it works. It just um, makes it a little less colorful. Right. Because you know, you've got a, this pretty stark picture of the silver against a, 
a silvery white background. Uh, I guess a little more color might have humanized him too much. I don't know. But what uh, color would you think to do? I don't know. That's the thing is I, I don't know. Hmm. You know, the yellow is what I'm used to, so I can't really think of it being anything else. You know, maybe if they'd done like a a dark blue or something. Dark blue or even a red. Yeah. We didn't get a lot of red. They saved red for... Uh, for your a lot of the Imperial characters. Yeah, I would love to know the, the theory behind... If anybody has some sort of theory behind how they chose the colors. For the for the the bubbles and everything, I'd be I interested. Think, to know. I'm sure it probably just had to do with the the card art that they were they were matching with. I think that's part of it. I think another part is they were also looking for colors that make them pop and stand out. So like your royal guards in red, um, I think their color for their card art is blue, if I remember correctly. It it's is like a royal it's, it's blue. A, no, it's not royal blue, but it's sort of a uh, slightly darker than turquoise. Right, and very it, bright blue, sort of an electric blue. Right, and it makes them it makes them stand out. Now it's not like green, so it's not a complementary color, but it's enough of a color to make them kind of pop off the package. So you can really see it. And I'm wondering if maybe they ran down the roster, and yellow was the only thing they could find that worked with them. Possibly so. Yeah. So, but you would prefer a uh, like a more of a torso upshot. Like a medium, yeah. The like maybe the one once where he's actually facing forward, so you can see a little bit more of him. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, all we can say about the description of the figure. Um, again, you know, he doesn't stand up very well on his own. Uh, if you put the gun in his hand, you can kind of counterbalance him a little bit, or even balance it on the ground. So right. I think that was pretty ingenious. Uh, so other than that, what? What is your uh, what would be your least favorite component about this figure? Oh man, um, <sighs> maybe the stormtrooper gun. I, I feel it's random. kind of unneeded. Yeah. I mean, it's we don't really need it at this point. So just kind of a a throw in that's not really it doesn't really fit with everything else. Whereas You've got so much detail in this figure. You've got so much detail in his gun that only he uses. It just seems kind of, kind of a waste just to have a stormtrooper gun thrown in there, and it, especially it being an older uh, mold that doesn't have the same amount of detail as all these other pieces that we're working with on this guy. That's a good point. We didn't talk about that. It does. It it's definitely looks like it came from a, a an earlier time, a simpler right. time. <laughs> Well, mine, I don't have much of a problem with that because it's just, you know, it's an added value. They threw one in. They probably had some spares. I don't, I, my least favorite is the legs because they are so thin and they do bend and it makes them a little hard to stand up. Um, but again, that's a minor quibble. Uh, given the technology of the time, I'm sure people who didn't live in Texas where it gets 100 degrees outside uh, didn't have the same problem. But right. who knows? But that would, if I had to pick one, that would be my least favorite. What would be your favorite component of this toy my my favorite is actually that uh that torso sculpt that is amazing um and if it's not the torso it's the legs the the sculpting on both of those pieces are just they're great especially when you get the silver version because it's very hard nice clean line work um even the way that the bandolier sits out i mean it's it's a good sculpt and I'm going to agree with you there. I love I love the torso. Uh, there's so much detail. 
and uh, and again that you know sculpting the bandolier on there as well is just a nice touch and i just yeah i just the more i look at it the more amazed i am at, at how they got that much detail on this back in 1980 mm-hmm. it's really amazing yeah so kudos kenner there what uh, do you think about this toy best exemplifies the kenner star wars line hmm that's a tough one um, because he kind of steps out of the realm of being, you know, uh, we've had other figures that are fairly sculpted down. Like they have details where they're needed, but they don't have this particular amount of sculpting. Whereas he kind of stands apart and in some ways doesn't necessarily fit in with the other figures because he is so detailed. You know, I happen to know that he fits with Star Wars because he's a Star Wars character. But if he was on his own, I honestly, I kind of wonder how well he would fit in with the Star Wars figures if people didn't know. So you're saying that what best exemplifies him is the attention, is the detail, but you think there's too much detail. It's almost too much detail that it almost kind of goes beyond what their call sign is, is having the right amount of detail where it's needed. But I don't think there's too much, though. I don't think it's too Baroque or Rococo or whatever other art terminology you want to use. I think it, I think it's perfect, and I think it's just an example of, of the line evolving and the technology evolving and the, the, the talent and skill of the sculptors and the uh, manufacturers evolving. So that's, to me, it's, it's a no-brainer. It definitely is that attention to detail. And, uh, you know, the fact that, once again, we're not getting a whole lot of color, but they're making up for it with that detail. You know, if this had been right. a, a, a multicolored figure, we might not have gotten as much detail on it. Uh, I guess you got a point there. So. <laughs> All right, then I'll change it. The fact that they didn't paint the shoulder pads brown. And they were supposed to be? I think they're supposed to be brown in the movie. That's really all I have. I mean, honestly, he's he's a really good figure. That's a great figure. He he still, in my opinion, is probably the most detailed figure that we get. So in that way, he does stand apart from the others quite a bit. But, you know, kind of going with Kenner and what Kenner's done in the past with the Star Wars toys, they've added that detail that is needed. And with this guy, he's pretty much screen accurate. Pretty close. Pretty stinking close. Yeah. This is the most screen accurate uh, figure we've gotten yet. Mm-hmm. Which is saying something, because we've said that before with uh, some other figures. But th- this one's a good one. So, uh, folks, that's those are our thoughts on IG-88. We would love to hear your thoughts on it. So head on over to the Facebook page and leave us a comment, question, or a snide remark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> let us know what you think about uh, the uh, cappuccino maker with a heart of gold. Actually, he has a heart of ice because he's uh, an assassin droid. Uh, but uh, the most the, dangerous uh, cappuccino machine in the galaxy. I was going to say that cappuccino is deadly. Yes. Um, I was going to say, wouldn't his heart actually be made of like steel or iron? If he had one, yes. Ah, uh, okay. If we're getting technical, <laughs> which I guess we are, because it's talking toys with Taylor and Jeff. So, so I guess would he be kind of like the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So that's I could just. I was going to say, I could just imagine like a tin man of him and then the lion being Chewbacca. Right. Who would be the scarecrow? Um, C3PO, obviously, wouldn't it? Or a Tusken Raider. No, it would have to be C3PO because he's the one who's uh, 
He just he seems like the uh, the scarecrow. Oh, okay. All right. Naruto D two would be Toto. And and the emperor would be the wicked witch. Who would Darth Vader be? Darth Vader would be the wizard. Oh, okay. Wouldn't that be Obi Wan Kenobi? Well, it would be Darth Vader's image when they're talking to the wizard, but you'd find out it was Obi Wan Kenobi behind the curtains because everybody knows he's a liar. Oh. Oh, See, okay. it all works out. Obi Wan Kenobi's is not a liar. Yes, and Luke he just is has a he just has a different point of view. Or sure. a different, different, uh, what is it? A certain point of view. Certain point of view. So you know what, folks? I think we're going to end the show right now. Uh, <laughs> no charge for the extra added content of us recasting The Wizard of Oz. Sorry, well. guys. But uh, I'm going to bring that up to some more of my friends, and uh, we're going to discuss that. So uh, until next time for Talking Toys with Taylor and Jeff. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeff. And remember, they're not dolls. They're action figures. That are not associated with Wizard of Oz, I promise. But are associated with caffeinated beverages mm. good night folks thank you for listening for more episodes of this show or other Marvin Dog Media productions go to marvindogmedia.com to stream or download the shows or to subscribe via iTunes email us at marvindogmedia at gmail.com follow us on twitter at marvindogmedia Follow us on Pinterest at pinterest.com forward slash Marvin Dog Media. This podcast has been a production of Marvin Dog Media, all rights reserved. How many times can we say Marvin Dog Media? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.